But Dad, isn't it time for illegal ham in the face? But bro, where's the banjo? Some Cleveland sports shows try to give you hot takes, but only one can give you a big old piece of hot ham. Welcome to Illegal Ham to the Face. Talking all Cleveland sports. And don't forget our Fat Boy Tuesday, where we also ham it up with some fun food topics. Without further ado, let's serve up some ham. Here are the Ham Boys, Fatty, Fatty. and Big Bry. And Big Bry. What's going on, everybody? I am that fat guy, Jared Fatty Bates. What's going on, big fella? What's up? How you doing? Another day, buddy. Just rushing around. You know how it goes. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, don't even know my own strength. <laughs> Careful now. I know. I know, Bri. Uh, welcome to another episode of Legal Ham the Face, which is brought to you by Harold Keel in Lake Erie, APA, also City Dogs of Cleveland, where oh, we James. will have- Adoptable dog of the week coming this week. We have a new one, uh, Brian. They have more adoptions. I don't know if one of ours got snagged up, but they've been selling like hotcakes out there. So, if you want an adoptable dog, please go check out City Dogs of Cleveland. And if you love to play pool or just like to get out and hang out with some friends, join Lake Erie APA. Great time, great people. Have fun with everybody and get a hold of us at here at Legal Ham the Face or Harold Keel at uh harold keel at lake erie members.com so right we got a great show tonight we're going to be talking calves we are going to be talking joe thomas we're going to be talking super bowl we're going to do a little either or for fat boy tuesday because uh i gotta explain here in a little bit with that one and then we're going to do our top three overrated players in the NBA this season. Sound like a plan? Yeah, got it. All right. Now, am I getting reverb on your side or is it on my side? Sounds good to me. I don't know. Okay. Because it sounds like it's coming back through you and me. But that's okay. We'll deal with it. I just got a little delay. Um, all right, Bryce. So, do you have any shout-outs this week, buddy? Yeah, I'll make it quick. It's Valentine's Day. Got to shout out my wife. Uh, you know, let me be on here with you rather than uh, spend the entire night with her. I just got back from work about half hour ago, so I haven't got a chance to spend a ton of time with her. But, um, yeah, she was cool. So, shout her out. Uh, she got me a heart-shaped pizza, so devour that when we get off of here. Um but yeah, shout out her, shout out my wife or uh, my mom as well. Happy Valentine's Day to her. Got some tremendous women in my life, so I guess today is the day to celebrate them. Nice. That's hey, it. That's all I got. What did you find? I found out what it was the reverb. So I think is it I fixed it. now? Okay, cool. I hope so, but I'm not 100% sure. Um for my shout outs this week, Brian, I got uh I got a shout out to guys from the Dog Chug. Uh was on their show on Wednesday night at 10 p.m. A little late night action for the flat guy. But uh great time with those guys. Man, were they fun. 
just great group of guys. We did a, uh, a food test and we did a few other things. They had a list of food lists that I'm going to talk to you about here a little bit later. I want to shout out to Ross Rogers, Jerry, all of them for having me on. It was a great time. We were on, for, I think I was on there till, for like a little over an hour. It was only uh, supposed to be a 45 minute show. So you know how that goes. Um, other than that, Brian, I really don't have anything. Like I said, it's Valentine's Day. So like I say, my wife also. Smart so, man. Yep. Got to do that. Other than that, Brian, I think that's about it for me. So, so quick, quick question. So the Dog Chug is a Browns uh, podcast? Yes, it is. Okay, cool. So, yeah, we got a bunch of Browns fans out there listening. So check those guys out, too. Yeah, and it's on uh, Network 216. So if you want to check them out, please do. They're amazing guys. Uh, like I said, we had so much fun together. It was, I mean, we started, they started talking about vegetables right out of the gate, and I about left the show. Yeah, not a good way to get on your good side. No, not really, Brian. Not really. They're like, um, can we talk about uh, cauliflower? I'm like, are you guys serious? All right, I got to go. <laughs> just kind of ducked out. Now, guys, am I still getting a reverb, Chris? Am I still getting reverb on your side, bud? Because they're saying it's on me. I might have to, uh, might have to log out and come back in, Bri. Uh-huh. But we'll see here in just a second. Um, but yeah, those guys, Bri, it was such a fun time. And you know, talking food, you know how we get excited when we talk food. And I had to explain to them your meat to bread ratio. And then we got into that, and then they got a little couple either or where it would work for you, but it doesn't work for me because of how we eat. Because I got no shame in my uh, game, and I'll pretty much eat anything, but they're kind of picky with uh, their stuff. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see here in a little bit. But, Brian, um, do you want to uh, talk a little bit about Joe Thomas? while I kick out of here and then come back in. Sure. Yep. Go ahead. Can I get my mic fixed? All right. Yep. Do your thing. All right. See it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess uh, starting with Joe Thomas, I mean, let's be honest. It was the most no-brainer of all that, that he was going to make the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So I, I know it's time to celebrate him, and it's just – it's time to celebrate the Browns franchise, really, because we have not had a Hall of Famer in a very, very long time. I think Gene Hickerson was the last one um, inducted in 2007, I want to say. And I think the last Browns player that played in the NFL was like uh, Ozzie Newsome, And he went in in the 90s, I believe. So it's been a long time, you know, as Browns fans, we hope that uh, that we have some current Hall of Famers on our team now with Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb, uh, you know, hopefully Deshaun Watson. But, um, but yeah, just looking back on Joe Thomas's career and just the loyalty that he had towards the city of Cleveland. And, you know, it, he's a Cleveland guy. He, he continues to be a Cleveland guy. He still lives in the area. Um, he was absolutely somebody that we could wrap our arms around from the moment that he was drafted. Uh, you know, you forget how how needy this franchise was for left tackles before we got him. And then once we got him, 
it's like we're good for a decade never even have to talk about it or think about it and you know now that after him we still have some question marks there so he was just he was the consummate pro he was just a staple in our team we didn't have to worry about him you know he's going to play every single play of every single season and he's going to give you you know, this unbelievable effort, and he's just going to completely shut down the best pass rushers in the league. And that's what he did for 10 years. And so, um, hey, you run out of good things to say about him. He's an offensive lineman, so it's not like he has this tremendous uh, highlight reel that uh, that you can show. But he was just – he was unbelievable how consistent he was. And, yeah, it, it, it's hard to really put into words – how great he was at his position because it's an offensive lineman. But um, yeah, he was the best of his generation and the best Browns player we've seen. I, maybe in my lifetime. I mean, um, it's hard for me to really remember Ozzie Newsome, you know, Bernie had some great years, but as far as being the best at your position, it's hard to say there was anybody better than Joe Thomas. No, and that's uh, I got I still got the reverb, but we'll deal with it. I don't care anymore. Um, no, just having him in the Hall of Fame, Brian, is just absolutely amazing. And you know, it's kudos to the Hall of Fame. Uh, he, he had to be a first ballot, Brian. There was no if, ands, or buts. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the one no brainer that they could not miss one 10,000 plus snaps. Uh, I don't know how many Pro Bowls, I think it was like 11 Pro Bowls or 10 Pro Bowls. I don't know how many first team all pros. Um, think it was eight or seven somewhere around there but just like you said a professional at the position he would show up he would do his job a little fun story about it they were asking him about um who was the like biggest guy that he had to go against and he said the worst one was Khalil Mack kind of changed the way he played the game because he was just so big so fast that he had to kind of change his footwork and change how he adapted to people rushing. He goes, everybody else he could kind of get in front of because the Cleo Mack was one that was kind of, that kind of changed everything for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just think of the the countless uh, great defensive ends that, uh, that played during his era and just shut him down. It's like, uh, Oh yeah, that's right. Bob Miller's. On uh, on the Broncos there. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, Khalil Max out there. Demarcus Ware, who's uh, who's a Hall of Famer now too. Um, it's just yeah, these guys. He completely takes them out of the game. It's almost like uh, a great cornerback would do to another good receiver. Um, so we take him for granted. Like I said, he's a he's the left tackle. So. Absolutely, you're going to take them for granted, and you only notice offensive linemen when they do something bad. So, didn't notice Joe Thomas a whole lot, though. No, no, you really didn't, Brian. It was nice. You know, you name was rarely called, but always there to do the job. Uh, it was, and especially Brian. You know, the one thing I do feel bad about it, and I'll admit it to you, is I wish we could have gave him the actual team, like a chance at a championship or anything. For him to be here for as long as he was with the crap that he had to deal with. I mean, the one in 31, Brian, Johnny football, you name it. He had to deal with a lot of it. And, you know, Brian, it was just 
one of those ones that's just like, I wish I could have got you something. I wish you've been to the playoffs once, sort of, but I wish we could have got him somewhere more than where he deserves to be at. Yeah, who would have thought that uh, his best season was his rookie season? It was all downhill after that, and then yeah, definitely bottomed out one and thirty-one. So it's, it's you wonder if we had a better trajectory or we had some hope in this franchise if he'd have been able to stick it out maybe a couple seasons longer because I think he kind of retired relatively young. I mean, every guy's uh, decision to retire is their own personal one. So I, w- I don't want to say that uh, that he definitely could have played longer because who knows what he was going through to, to get himself playing every single game for 10 years. But um, yeah, I think what he retired at 33, maybe 34. Something yeah, like that. I think it was 35. Uh, I, no, because he got drafted in 07. So he was about my age. I'm 38. So it's been at least five years. So I think 33, maybe. You think it was just because he was done being with the uh, the crappy teams? Or was it actually the torn tricep? I think it finally, I think finally the injuries caught up to him. Yeah, I, I think uh, more or less is just the toll that it that it played on his body because playing all those sacks, snaps consecutively and shooting it up time and time and time again to be out there for your team. Yeah, this isn't the NBA where you can just take load management and take a couple games off. He was he was an Iron Man. He was a warrior. So, uh, and, and you've heard stories, and you clearly look at him now. He's he looks great, but he's only what, he's six 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 seven, like two forty, two fifty, maybe at most. So he's talked about how he struggled to keep his weight up, and how he'd have to wake up in the middle of the night and eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches two or three at a time just to keep his weight up. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, offensive lineman, if uh, if you're a tackle or a guard and you got high weight, it just really it. it it takes its toll on your bones, on your joints, especially your knees are just completely shot. So, yeah, we thank him for his efforts. And like you said, wish we would have given him somewhat of a chance at the playoffs at least or uh, or a fun season after that 2007 one. It wasn't a whole lot of fun. No. No, it wasn't. And um, like I said, guys, I apologize for the uh, mic issues. We're just going to have to roll with it now. We're 15 minutes in. So, I mean, as long as I try, do I sound good on your side? Yeah, you sound perfectly fine, perfectly normal to me. I don't know what it is. It might be just coming through my headphones. Weird. Um, Brian, you ready to do some uh, trivia for our city of Cleveland? I got you. Let's do our trivia, which is brought to you by City Dogs of Cleveland. As soon as I get our, there it is. Now, Bri, you thought all the faces that we have had on here were just going to melt your heart away. Here's another one, bud. Our dog of the week for the City Dogs of Cleveland, 
and I'll get these all popped up here is Cherub. All right. Now, Bri, I could not do the video like we did last week because I just got Cherub uh, probably about 10 minutes before we started the show. But take a look at this face, Bri. How can you say no to that? She is a lovable little baby angel. She's quite timid and unsure about things when she first arrived at the kennel. She can be shy in new situations, but has begun to blossom and show her affectionate side. All right. She loves perching on trusted friend's lap, soaking up the gentle pets and scratches. She's been mild-mannered and gentle once she gets to settle into a home. We bet her playful, silly side will really come out. She is known to a few sneak peeks and doing goofy zoomies in the yard. She's estimated to be around two years old and weigh 37 pounds. So this wow. little nugget right here is up for adoption at City Dogs Cleveland. Look at that face, Bri. Man. So And Bri, another update on City Dogs. They did get a whole bunch of Kongs. Awesome. And they're all playing with them. So if you've donated to them, thank you guys so much for helping them out. Uh, we love City Dogs Cleveland and everything they do. And do not forget, April 2nd, we are going to be at the Lake Erie Monsters game. It is a noon game, Brian, on a Sunday. They're doing mm -hmm. their calls for pucks where their donations will go to the Cleveland APL and City Dogs of Cleveland there. You can bring your pet into the game. And I believe tickets are 20 bucks. Come in, have a good time, and watch some hockey. Awesome. Yeah, I mean... Sounds like a great time. Um, Cherub, what was the dog's name? Cherub? Cherub. Like, I asked my Cherub. wife. What Cherub, was. okay. She said Cherub is an angel. It's the little angels. And I I, I told her, I'm like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. So, because oh. I, I was like, is it Sherub? How, how do I pronounce this? And she said Cherub is an angel. Named after an angel. Okay. I, I guess. Very that, cool. That's coming from the wife. She's smarter she than I am, so you know, kudos to that. Take it. Yeah, she looked adorable, and it's getting harder and harder every week. <laughs> Same I know. But I mean, the good news is, uh, you know, we're getting reports that uh, that these dogs are finding happy homes. So, uh, so it makes it all worth it. All right, Brian. You and like I said, down here at the bottom. It's how you get a hold of City Dogs of Cleveland. It's on our ticker down at the bottom. They sponsor our show and our trivia segment. And this week, Bri is in charge of our trivia segment, and I can't wait to hear this one. Mm-hmm. Well, surprise, surprise, surprise. It's an NFL trivia for you. But it is not Super Bowl. We just had the Super Bowl. I'm sure we'll get into it. It is a MVP Um Trivia and Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes won his second MVP and his second MVP in his first six years. So there's three other players in the NFL history that have won two MVPs in their first six years in the league. So give me one of those three guys. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll save that till the end of the show. That's a good one, Brian. Yep. I thought you were going to throw me some Hall of Fame trivia or something of that nature. By the way, what yep. uh, people don't know, with Joe Thomas going into the Hall of Fame, you guys better buckle up, Buttercup, because we might be playing in the uh, Hall of Fame game down in Canton. The Browns might be there. So 
they've been trying to pair up teams. So whether it be us versus Tampa or, or I believe the Jets has got some players in, but there's talks of the Cleveland Browns going down to Canton to play in the Hall of Fame game. So talk about a tailgate, talk about a good time if that happens. I'd be disappointed if it didn't happen, to be honest. Um, I, I didn't realize the Browns haven't played in the MV, or the Hall of Fame game since 99, since their return, which I still kind of remember that with Chris Spielman. But, um, yeah, it's it's well overdue. Goes yeah, back in there. It's definitely well overdue. And you know something that's, like, I, like we said before, we can't, you know, Joe's a class act. You know, like I remember watching the draft, and I want to touch a little bit more on it, Brian, because I remember when I was with my dad when the draft was going on, and it was like Cleveland Browns like Joe Thomas. I look at my dad, I'm like, who the hell is that? And the next thing you know, they're like, he can't be here right now. He's on a boat fishing with his dad. And I'm like, now that right there is a left tackle. <laughs> like As soon as I heard that, I'm like, I don't care who he is. He's my favorite player now. Like mm-hmm. I'm, you guys have fun in New York. I'm gonna go fishing on a boat. He was he was a stud from the moment he stepped on the field, which doesn't very much happen, especially for the Browns. So I mean, he was as good as advertised, if not better. Well, Brian, let's get into our Cleveland headlines. You ready for that, bud? Yeah. Gotta get the club music going for it. Get Chris happy. And your Cleveland headlines are starting out with your Cleveland Guardians. Pitchers and catchers have reported, Bry. Baseball is around the corner. Really? Spring training, baby. Here we go. Wow. It's, yeah, it's usually something I look forward to because uh, it, it tells you, yeah, that it's spring, nice weather right around the corner. It's the first uh, – little checkpoint that I'm looking for to uh to look forward to spring and baseball and nicer weather because it's always a long winter. Although this winter hasn't been that bad. Probably been no. one of the nicer ones in memory. Go figure. As soon as I'm not outside all day long <laughs> it's 60, 70 degrees. Yeah, but we're still playing in the mud, buddy. Um, oh yeah. You know, Brian, I think at some point in time, because I have never been to you know, the, the spring training, anything of that down there. And I heard it's a good time, especially with all the teams that are around in the area. You sit in, watch a couple of baseball games, enjoy the sun. How about uh, maybe taking a bro trip down to Goodyear and then uh, just staying a week down there and just have some fun watching some baseball? Sounds like a good time. I've been to um, – we went, I think, when I was maybe in fourth or fifth grade. We went down to uh, back then. It was in Winter Haven, Florida, and mm-hmm. I think we went to uh, Disney World. My family and I, and my dad and my brother and I, went over to catch a spring training game. So that's the only real experience I've had with Indians at the time. Now Guardians uh, spring training. So it's just it's something different. It's something everyone should experience, even if it's for a day or two. And I mean, let's be honest, it's not going to be the most exciting baseball you watch, but uh, but it's something you'll remember forever. Now, uh, national news on baseball, Brian, they did vote in unanimously the 10th inning ghost runner. 
So that has so been that voted has in. That is now part of baseball lore. Uh, so get used to it. Starting off the 10th inning with a runner on second. Yeah, something we'll have to get used to. I, I still, I don't know. I don't know if I like it or if I hate it. it, it it's, I mean, the purist in all of us says, what the hell are you doing? Adding, uh, you know, making it easier for teams to score in extra innings. But another uh, thought is just like, it makes it more fun. And that's what it's all about is having fun and, you know, watching uh, watching your team get a chance to score in the 10th inning automatically right off the rip and, it throws a little strategy into it, too. So I'm coming around. All right. Other national news. The Super Bowl is done and over with. NFL is finally over for about three days. And then they're going to have more coach hirings, which a couple have already happened today. But uh, Brian takes on the Super Bowl. Uh, I believe it was a great game. Um, way it turned out, it's kind of sketchy there at the end with the holding call. But you know something? It. The guy even admitted it was holding, so I'm not really going to be upset about it. The only thing I'm upset about is if you're going to call that, call it throughout the entire game. Don't do it right at the end because I guess he was doing it all game. But um, other than that, last second field goal, Patrick Mahomes goes, passes for less than 200 yards, three touchdowns, and wins the Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP, while Jalen Hurts played his ass off, passed for over 300, rushed for over 70, had three touchdowns himself and a two-point conversion with the, uh, what is it called? The octopus, where he scored a touchdown and the two-point conversion? Yeah, I've never heard of that before this year, but I guess that's what they're calling it. So, And then we had the uh, halftime show with a pregnant Rihanna who went about 45 feet above stage and nobody should be that high. Um, I kind of wrote a letter to OSHA saying if Rihanna could go into the air that high, uh what's going on here with us being grounded but uh yeah that was kind of nervous for me watching her go up there. i'm like yeah there's no way you get me on that thing i'm like you just put me down the ground but brian what were your takes from the uh, super bowl whether it be commercials rihanna everything i mean i thought it was a great game and especially come down the way it was especially last second field goal i would love to see hurts try to get a rebuttal at the end but it didn't happen. So how do you feel, buddy? Yeah, it was a tremendous game. And like you're alluding to there, that um, it would have been even better to see Hertz get a chance at the end um, because in all reality, it should have been uh, the Eagles ball with a minute 45, a couple of uh, timeouts left and, you know, probably down three for them to get a chance to at least get a field goal or a touchdown to tie it. And I think that holding call was such BS. I, I don't buy it for one bit. I'm not conspiracy theory guy or anything like that, but it kind of just, you know, we hear it all the time in the NBA that, uh, that the stars get the calls that the scrubs don't get. So I think to me, that was kind of what that was, was, um, yeah. Give Patrick Mahomes. It, it almost it looked like he was just throwing the ball away, to be honest. But um, the infraction occurred behind the line of scrimmage, and you're allowed to have some contact with him for the first five yards. So I thought it was a terrible call. Um, you know, I was kind of saying to my friend maybe ten minutes before that that hey, it's been a great game. The I don't recall many fouls being th- or many flags being thrown at all. Really? I mean, what, do you remember? I, I, 
I can't really remember more than two or three throughout the entire game. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. Like I think the first half was a little bit worse than the uh, the second half with uh, flags. But no, it wasn't really that bad. I mean, there's a couple. And man, did you see the uh, the field and how it was given away at everything else? I think that had a lot to do with stuff too because nobody could get their footing and. You know, for them to put all that money in a turf field to be played in Arizona, you know, Brian, you and I could grow turf pretty good. I'm pretty sure we could have done better than what that field held up in. Yeah, another thing that benefited uh, Kansas City, uh, slow down Philadelphia's pass rush. I don't, you know, you can attribute it to a lot of different things, but um, but I think what it came down to for me that gave Kansas City the win was Andy Reid, play calling, you know, scheming things up. Uh, the offensive line for Kansas City just played out of their heads. It was – did not give up a sack. I don't think they gave up a QB hit. Um, and, Andy, I mean, those two touchdown passes that Mahomes threw in the second half there to uh, to Sky Moore and to Kadarius Tony. let's be honest, you and I could have made those throws. They were so wide open in the flat. So – just throw it out there. I know Mahomes is going to get credit for the touchdowns, but to me, I don't. I wasn't overly impressed with how Mahomes played. His his best play of the game was his little twenty five yard scamper that he had, where nobody was in the middle of the field. Um, so you give him credit for gutting it out and uh, and making the plays down the stretch that he had to make. But I think m- me personally, I think Jalen Hurts outplayed him, and I don't really think it was that close. Um, no. Jalen Hurts had the big uh, had the big mistake with the fumble that gave them a touchdown, and then special teams that punt return basically gift wrapped another touchdown for Kansas City. So you can't give Kansas City Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey you can't spot them fourteen points there, and that's right. what the Eagles did. And as bad as their defense played, uh, not getting to Mahomes, you know you can't be giving them a couple of touchdowns like that and expect to win. So <laughs> no. that's what it was about for me. I think uh still think Philadelphia is probably the better team, but it, maybe their inexper- inexperience showed a little bit. Well, and like you, you and I have always said, you know, when you get a game, it comes down to a matter of like four plays. And that's what the Super Bowl came down to. It came down to a fumble return for a touchdown. It came down to Contarius Tony punt return down to the 20. It came down to a scamper by a wounded animal of Patrick Mahomes for 30 yards. And then it came down to that holding call there at the end. And those are the four plays that kill you because guess what? You don't have those four plays. You're up by two touchdowns still, and you're still in control of the game. And, you know, you can't, like you said, you can't give them. And you know something? Another thing, Bri, this is the other thing that Brown's been missing for years. They gave nothing away for Kadarius Tony. They know they needed speed. They went out and got Kadarius Tony. With what? Like a, I think it was a sixth round pick or a fifth round pick and he was a first round pick overall. Mm-hmm. And he goes to them and look what he did. Uh, honestly, I think maybe he should have been the one that got the MVP with the punt return and the touchdown. But, you know, it's always going to go to a quarterback and, and I get that. But just that right there, just them adding that element to their team helped out their team in the Super Bowl. We don't add elements like that to our team. 
I think they need to start taking a look at that and start diving into that a little bit more because throughout our entire year this year, we were missing speed. And you could have got Kadarius Tony for, you know, a fourth-round pick, which is speed. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about it all offseason. And the um, question is, how all-in do the Browns want to go for this year? Um, I understand you don't want to give up all your draft picks and uh, sign these guys to giant contracts and, you know, be millions and millions of dollars above the cap for the next few years. But, um, yeah, like I said last week or maybe two weeks ago, you're going to have as easy of a schedule this next year coming up as you will for the foreseeable future. So, in my mind, it's a huge year. Um, to me, I think you maybe think about trading more draft picks for proven guys in the NFL, uh, like like a Kadarius Tony that you know can play and guys that can fit in your system. You know, I don't need any more Jordan Elliott's and Jacob Phillips and uh, uh, Sheldon Sheldrick Redwines and uh, you know whoever that LeCount safety was that we uh, that we cut. Give me somebody that I know can play that I've seen play against professionals, and let's go out and uh, you know try try our damnedest to win a lot of games this year um, rather than trying to develop guys. So. Yeah, we'll talk about it, I'm sure, over the next few months leading up to the draft. But uh, it'd be fine with me if they traded some of these draft picks for guys that uh, they don't have to be starters, but guys that you know can fit in your system and uh, you've seen play against professionals. And it's on the tape. All right, Brian, you ready to get into our Cavaliers? Okay. Who are red hot right now, Brian. I think it's seven in a row they've won ever since the uh, nut shot. To Donovan Mitchell. Uh, <laughs> I think that has a lot to do with it. But the Cavs are playing hot right now. Did not do really anything at the trade deadline. They did pick up Danny Green. But how do the Cavs get better without trading for anybody? Let me tell you. Brooklyn Nets shipped everybody out. Kevin Durant went to the Suns. Kyrie went to Dallas. And there is no more Brooklyn Nets. They're pretty much a shell of themselves with Ben Simmons still at the helm. But, Bry, I'm telling you what, I'm excited to hear that KD and Kyrie are gone out of our conference, and that gives your Cavs a legitimate chance to shoot up the board and try to catch a third spot in the NBA. Now, I played a little bit of a sip, spit, or chug uh, with the dog chug, and this was one of the questions was uh, you sip it, it's okay. You spit, they're not going to get there. You chug it, they're going to get there. Do you think the Cavs at the end of the year will get the third seed in the NBA Eastern Conference? Uh, based on those parameters, I would sip it. Um, I still think, you know, obviously Milwaukee and Boston are the top two teams that everyone's going for, but you know, the Cavs have not proven that they're better than the Sixers. They haven't proven that they're better than the Heat. So I think my expectations right now are top five seed, um, but certainly they can be a top three seed. But uh, right now we're just kind of – you got to prove it to me. You know, we've dropped some games of the Heat. Last year we had a tough time beating the Sixers. Um, so as long as we can stay healthy, we've got a chance, though. All right, and with that, Brian, we uh, we do play the Sixers coming up. 
So mm-hmm. that's a big game for us. Sixers are coming here, I believe, right? Uh, I don't know. Tomorrow night. But... I think it's tomorrow night, and I think it's here. And, Bri, let me tell you, that's going to be a playoff atmosphere game. And the way that the Cavs are playing now, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, Double double machines, even though they didn't get mobile, didn't get one last night for the bet I put in, but you know, that goes the way it goes. But even having Donovan Mitchell last night, even say at the end of the game that we're not at our best yet, we have work to do. When you jump out on a Spurs by like a 20 point lead in the first quarter and you let them get back into the game, yeah, you got to realize that you got to close those games out. And you got to close them out the way they did last night. Mitchell kind of showed the way with 41 points. Um, Jared Allen is a beast. I don't know how he is not in the NBA All-Stars, Bry. Uh, that was one of the savviest moves that Altman did to get him here. And I think it was Altman, right, that got him here? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yep. I forget what we shipped out even. It wasn't that much. No, and we didn't give up much. We got him in here. And you know something? Finally, they started hitting on draft picks, right? Uh, they hit on Darius Garland. Evan Mobley looks like he's taking the next step of the sophomore, and he's playing good. But the biggest thing they did was they trade. They knew where they were at, and they needed to get another young guy, but a guy that could score whenever he wants to, and they got him. And they went out and got Donovan Mitchell, and I think sky is the limit because for the first time in like our lifetime without LeBron, we're going to be relevant as Cavaliers for the next five, six, seven years. Yeah, they're young. I mean, all that stands in their way is continuing to develop. And you know, we can have a conversation until we're blue in the face about uh, Garland and Mitchell playing together in the same backcourt and, you know, how that affects being undersized going against some of these other teams. But, we're just gonna have to see, and to me, that's that's the one thing that uh, that can make this team better is just playing against top level talent, playing against these top ten teams. Um, I don't get too high or too low. I mean, obviously, you need to beat the Rockets and the Spurs and you know the Hornets and stuff like that. But um, the only way you're gonna get better and how we can measure uh, where this team is at is how they play against those top four other teams in the East and, uh, you know, a couple real good teams in the West. Um, so time will tell that, uh, I think a playoff series will do this team a world of good. Um, they just, they need that experience. And unfortunately you can only get that pretty much one time a year. And that's in the playoffs when, when your season's on the line, almost every single game. So I'm excited for it. Uh, unfortunately we just got to wait a couple months Till we get there, but I think I heard Brian Winhurst say that uh, today that we're done with our West Coast trips this year, mm-hmm. so they don't have a whole lot of travel left. So I, I think this team can go on a run. You know, I don't know if they'll win seven in a row a bunch, but um, but yeah, they can make some hay. They can they can get to that three seed. I don't know. What do you what are your expectations for them? Do you think they is, are you three seed or bust? Do you think top five? Are you like me, or do you think? Just don't make it in the play-in tournament? Brian, I, I, I'm with you. I think they need an actual playoff series. They don't need a play-in game. They don't need any of this. So if you get them anywhere between five and three, I think it's good for this team, depending on the matchup they have to match up with. 
I think there's teams that they match up well with, and I think there's teams they don't. Like you said, with us having a smaller backcourt. But what I'm excited about this team is, Brian, is they, they're showing grit and toughness that we don't see from a lot of NBA teams. That's why I put the uh, overrated, top three overrated NBA players at the bottom because you can sit there and look. And, you know, I understand you were talking about the small backcourt or, yeah, backcourt that we have. But our front court, I mean, we got Allen and Mobley both seven feet. I mean, not, not a lot of people have that. And with Mobley's stretching a little bit more, I think the one thing we did need to address was the small forward, and we really didn't do it. But the vert's either hot or cold. Or Kuro's trying to be better. And then Chetty, I don't even know what Chetty is, but they're playing everything. like. But I think the one thing that did help a lot was Rubio coming back. I think Rubio being back, taking the time away from Garland and Mitchell sometimes throughout the night, getting them healthy, getting them kind of some tread off the tires, as we say, is helpful for them. But, like, my expectations is, is I want them to finish. Like I said, I said slip. I think they could get to the third, but I think they stay in the fourth spot, maybe the fifth. And just do the go that way. Go that way. You have one series. All right. You beat that, that's a step. Go to the next series. If you beat that, there's a step. Now, the great thing is about this team, though, with Donovan Mitchell, he's had experience. And with that experience, he can actually talk to these guys like this is how it goes. We can take take it down a notch here for like a little bit in the second quarter, but let's pick it up at the end of the quarter and get it at you know where we need to get it. So he can actually coach these guys a little bit more, even though he's young like them. He's a veteran. He can coach them further down, and I, I think it's, I think it's a really good thing. And I'm, I'm excited about this Cavs team, Brian. I mean, they're so young, and the potential for them is just. I, I understand you got Boston, you got Milwaukee, you got the Sixers, you got the Heat, but I think we can go toe to toe with all of them if we played our best game, and that's us playing our best game. Yeah, uh, you brought up the small forward position. It just kind of, you know, clicked in my head. It, it reminds me, to make a reference to the Browns, it reminds me of the Browns' defensive tackle and the Browns' linebacker position. Like, mm. let's just throw a bunch of guys at it, and let's just hope that one of them pops. You know, we have these draft picks. We have young guys. We have veterans. Let's just hope that one of these guys, like, can become something. We have stars around them. So they don't have to be superstars or anything like that. But they just have to be good enough. And so, so far, you know, it's been a lot of inconsistencies. Chetty will go for 25 one night, and then he won't show up on the stat sheet the next night. Same thing with Levert. You know, Coro will have one game every blue moon. So it's just like a little consistency would be nice. And also, I think the other thing, Brian, and this is – this is the thing that I, I was kind of curious about J.B. Bickerstaff, I, you know, because he's been noted as a team builder and build it up, but can he get him past that point? And what I'm liking hearing from him is after even this game, he's holding their feet to the fire. He's wanting them to play better. He goes, we didn't even play our best game. We got to play our best game. We got to do this. And, like, he's holding those guys. He's not throwing anybody under the bus. 
but he is actually coming out saying that we're not there yet and letting them know that they're not there yet, trying to bring them back down. Because, yeah, you can have a seven-game win streak all you want to, and then you get blown out by Dallas the next night, and you're screwed. Now, you did say that we're not making a West Coast trip. That is true. Our last West Coast trip sort of was New Orleans when we played down there at the Pelicans. As the last time that we go West until the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, I, is, I was glad to hear that JV kind of is walking back his uh, his remarks from a couple weeks ago because, I mean, it, he sounded like so many Browns coaches in the past a couple weeks ago when he thought, like, oh, my job might be in jeopardy here, so let me just start talking up <laughs> this team and talking about up about what I've done because he was like, Oh, look at all we we've accomplished, and you know we're so great, and we're doing this and we're doing that. And I'm thinking, like, you know, other than your hot start the first couple weeks, you're 500. You got to get this team hungry again. You can't just say, "Hey, you know, we've done this and we've done that, and look at uh look at what we've done, and you know this team has accomplished so much up to this point, but." Yeah, that got me worried a little bit a couple weeks ago when he was talking about that. Like, refocus, get this team's mindset back to winning games because you have not accomplished anything yet. You had a nice start, and you've kind of flattened out a little bit since then, so get them going again. So, And they have the last couple weeks, so I give them credit for that. But, yeah, that was something that uh, I just kind of was reminded of that uh, got me a little worried. Do you want me to try to get uh, Kev on with us? <laughs> Talk a little bit, Cavs, more in depth. See, yeah, see what his schedule is. That's fine. Either Cav or uh, we we might have a little special surprise because I've been talking to the ESPN boys behind. Uh, you know, we got Paulus, we got Kev there, but uh, there's another one that is huge in the Cavs that we might be able to get for a show next week, and I'm I'm trying hard to get him. But, yeah, I, I want to talk more Cavs, especially with Kev, who knows everything more in depth than we do, has been mm-hmm. watching them closer. So let's see if we can do that. Um, Brian, do you want to get into Cowboy Tuesday? Let's do it. All right. And now it's time for Fat Boy Tuesday. All right, so Fat Boy Tuesday, we're doing a little either or. Now, it is Valentine's Day. And for Valentine's Day, you get the heart-shaped pizza like Bry gets. You get chocolates. You get flowers. And you get a dinner. Take it out to a nice dinner. I get that. But last week from the Dog Chug, they had me for a tier list of Super Bowl foods. And these are Super Bowl foods we talked about. Mm-hmm. So they had an S, which is super. Okay. An A, a B, a C. And then they had a shit category. Okay, so I wanted to run these by you because I wanted to see how close you were to me. Did that work for mm-hmm. you? Yeah. All right, so first off the list was cauliflower wings. Towards the bottom, tier five. You can just go ahead and say shit. Yep. Okay, next one was actual regular wings. Uh. First tier, S tier. Okay. Pizza made the list. Where you got pizza? S tier. -tier Also, number one. All right. Next one was French fries. 
I'll put them B. I mean, they're great. I just don't know if they're really a, a Super Bowl spread food. Okay, we put those down a little yeah. further. We put them down in the D column. Okay. I kind of put my foot down on that because uh, Doritos, just Doritos alone. Same thing, B B category, middle right. of the road. Now meatballs. They now they had a picture of Swedish meatballs, but they said any kind of meatballs. Where would you have them ranked at? Yeah, put them in the A category, one step okay. below the superstar. I mean, well, you're they're great, but uh, but they're not a staple. Like you don't have to have them, but it's a nice addition. I put them in the B. All right, so you're you're pretty much close to where we were all at with everything. Mm-hmm. Here's the next one. There was zucchini something, something, something. That went in the shit column very quickly. Yeah, yeah, right. Yep. Anything that starts with a vegetable, go to the bottom. Spinach artichoke dip. Oh, I'll put that as C. C category. Okay. Buffalo chicken dip. Oh, that's... That's an S, right? Yeah, I guess I'm putting that super, super category. Yep, super tier. And then they brought up chili. Hmm. Oh, let's. I'll put that in A. Yeah, I'm feeling okay. generous. I'll put that A category. Now here's the one that kind of threw us for a loop. They put in sliders, hamburger sliders. Okay. Hmm. And this is where I had to beef at because everybody wanted to kind of put it at like an S and A. But I kind of put it at a B because you're going there to look for other things besides sliders, right? Yeah, I'm I'm with you. If it's a uh, if it's a backyard cookout or something in the middle of summer, it moves up on my list. But as far as I don't see it very often, I mean, I wouldn't be against it. It's great food. It's like French fries. It's just not what I think of with a a Super Bowl spread. All right. The next question they asked me, Brian. Was buffalo chicken dip? How do you mm-hmm. like your buffalo chicken dip? Spicy. Well, I, I told him I didn't like the chunk chicken. I like the shredded chicken. Yeah, agree. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had it with chunk chicken. To be honest, uh, I've never had it That's what I've always thought. Mm-hmm. All right, another one. We are talking chicken wings now, Bry. We started talking drum or flats. I, I've yet to meet anybody that seriously, truly likes flats better than drums. I mean, some people might say, I just don't believe them. I met two. Yeah, I, don't, I, I wouldn't believe them. And for They're me, BS. and here's the other one. Now, this is a traditional buffalo chicken wing. Just buffalo sauce. No mm-hmm. barbecue, no nothing of that. Are you choosing ranch or blue cheese? <laughs> I feel like ranch is the absolute choice, but some people get very up in arms and they get their panties all up in a bunch. They say you have to choose blue cheese. I would go ranch personally. I mean, it's kind of like ketchup on a hot dog. I don't understand why people get so passionate about this stupid little thing, but... uh. I don't know. I guess I guess you got to get passionate about something in your life, and that's the uh, the road you choose. So this is actually comical because during the show, 
Ross goes Ross goes blue cheese. Sherry goes blue cheese. Roger goes Hidden Valley Ranch. And they come to me and like, what about you? I'm like, I don't think I'm here for this question because my opinion does not matter. And they're like, what? I'm like, I'll mix them together if I have to. I, I, you're, you're picking, you're barking up the wrong tree. Like they're either or. I don't care. So that's why I kind of named uh, Fat Guy Tuesday either or. Mm-hmm. Now, now we did talk about uh, hot dogs. We did talk about the meat bread ratio a little bit. Um, they would like to come on our show sometime and kind of uh, get into the meat bread ratio with us. Uh, Absolutely. One agreed with you. One agreed with me. Um, I did ask him as a hot dog a taco that got brought up. See, that's, uh, that's just the playoff that is a hot dog a sandwich. I mean, I don't really understand as a hot dog a taco. Well, cause technically a taco not- is a tortilla. I, I, does anybody, I, does anybody eat hot dogs with tortillas? I mean, if you do, then maybe that's an argument, but, uh, right. Like you, <laughs> like, you, I mean, like you've never had. It- bread or anything in the house you wrapped one up in a tortilla before is it is a hamburger a frisbee is a lasagna a fire hydrant i mean where does if you if you want to say uh is a hot dog a taco is a serious discussion where does it end it doesn't that's why it's a circular conversation for fat people to talk to like us i'm just exhausted by the by the argument already now brian i'm going to take buffalo chicken dip out of it all right. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite dip if you're going to a like you got Lawson's French onion dip, you got chili cheese dip. Like what what's your favorite dip if you had to pick one? Hands down, if it's not buffalo buffalo chicken dip, it's taco dip. Uh, and my wife made it for our Super Bowl party that we went to on Sunday. She I've never done it. My family always does it just uh like cheese, lettuce, tomatoes, sour cream, and seasoning. She puts um uh, ground beef in it so a little bit heartier uh you know i don't complain about it it tasted delicious sunday night it tasted delicious for me monday morning at about eight o'clock it tasted delicious for me noon on monday so Brian, yeah did, it, it's all good but it's taco dip right to be honest did you actually just sit there with a whole pan and use a spoon no, we had plenty of chips left, um, it, but so I left a little bit, a little corner for my wife when she got home uh, from work for lunchtime. And I said, hey, you know, I left you this little bit. You can have it. And she goes, no, take it. So you don't have to tell me twice. It was gone in 10 minutes. Now, for me, it's either a chili cheese dip or queso. Queso is there, too. Also uh, great. Top dog tailgates here, by the way. And he said that, uh, why do we need speed when we have Schwartz? And somebody chimed in goes, because Schwartz can't catch a cold. And then that kind of, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he shows that, uh, he proves that it's, it's not just speed. You got to have some talent behind that speed. Um, another one that is kind of like hidden from everything, Bri, and my mom makes it. And you have your taco dip. Hers is similar, but she uses the, there's no meat in it. She uses the refried greens, the guac, the sour cream, lettuce, tomatoes, all that stuff. And it's all in one scoop. We call it the seven layer dip. Yep. Definitely. I've heard of that. Yeah. It's starting to become pretty popular. 
and now he's tracking it back. He said it was a it was a joke comment. Oh. So he said Schwartz. My mind went to Jim Schwartz at first. I didn't even think of uh, Anthony oh, yep. or as I call him Mitchell Schwartz. Oh, because he can't catch. No, no, I just he, he's an afterthought for me. You know, I I don't even think about him as being part of the Browns. It's like, yeah, it'd be great if he could give us something, but maybe that ship has sailed in my mind. Oh my God! Now, now we're going to get into our. This is where it gets evil. Brian, because our top three today, and I picked it for a reason. Okay. All right. Our top three is overrated NBA players. Now, Justin has already commented, and we're well, not. We know what Justin's going to say. It's a lot of hate. Yeah. But I got some comments. Broke record. Other people that you're going to love, and there's mom right there. Look as soon as I say seven layer tacos out here, she comes. There it is. Mom's here. Mom's here. All right. Let's get our top three, Brian. <laughs> And we don't have a sponsor for our top three, but hopefully we do have here soon, Bry. Let me bring up, um, I got in a conversation with our buddy, Nick Wilson, right? Mm-hmm. All right, and I brought this to him. I wanted to see what his top three overrated NBA players are. His first one was DeMar DeRozan. Okay. okay. Second one was Jalen Brunson. Mm-hmm. And last was Lori Markinen. Wow. Okay. Now I I differ a little bit on this. Like I can go down with all those. But I'm thinking of the hype and where they're at. Um, here's Eric said, uh, yep, there it is. James Harden, the traveling sure. regular season superhero. Yeah. That's a good down with that. catch line for him. But Brian, I'm gonna go first on this one and give you a little taste where I'm at. All right. Sure. Number three for me. Kevin Durant. KD, I believe, is overrated. Now, it's not that he can't play great basketball. It's not that he's not a great basketball player. Is he worth the squeeze? Possibly. But he's injured. When does he take over a big game in the moment? With the exception of the super team that he formed with Golden State. He couldn't do it with Kyrie and everybody else in Brooklyn. And... I just really don't like him because he is just not a likable person for me. I just don't. All right. So number two, Jimmy Butler. Now, Jimmy Butler is a great defensive player. He's a great offensive player, all this other stuff. I just think he's so overhyped. I think he is just a good player. I don't think he is a great player. And last but not least, and I don't know why they actually spent the money on this guy. Zion Williamson is the biggest hype market I have ever heard in my entire life. Just because he is, what, what is he, 6'8", 300 pounds? He can't get healthy. He can't play basketball. And when he does get play basketball, he's injured the next day. I think that it is just the worst thing that New Orleans could have done was draft that guy. I know they had to because at the point in time, you had to. The hype was there. But damn, is he overrated. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, I thought of Zion. Um, 
The other two, I don't know if I could get down with you, but that's why it's a debate. That's why it's a discussion. Zion, yeah, Zion, I, he just he seems like he's underwhelmed in his time. And the uh, yeah, we were hearing about him as like the next LeBron or something like that. And just what he did in high school and college was unbelievable. And he's kind of fallen short of that. So certainly I'm with you there. I got, yeah, I'm kind of along the same lines though. Um, and that, yeah, Nick Wilson, maybe, you know, he's so entrenched in sports and all this that, uh, Hey, he's coming up with guys like Lauren Markman and, and guys that we all know as, as basketball fans and as hardcore sports fans, but I don't know if the average, like, you know, household knows who Laurie Markman is. So, yeah. So, I went big game hunting with you. Bry, he was an all-star this year. How the f- – Look at his numbers. Look at his numbers. So, he's putting them numbers. You know, a team, man. Sure. Come on. Yeah. Okay. And, and he's probably right in his take, but uh, nobody knows who Laurie Markman is. Uh, you yeah. know, he's an all-star. Obviously, you got to put guys on – the all-star team that have big numbers and certainly he does, but uh, I went with guys like you did that everyone's heard of that are household names. Um, my number three is uh, Jason Tatum. Uh, mm. I know they went to the finals last year. Um, I just don't think he's a top tier superstar like maybe some other people do. And I think, uh, I think he's got to win something before I really buy into it. And he's got to, lead his team and um you know Jalen Brown's a good number two but he's not great either. I think they're just they're a good team. I don't know if he's a great player. He's a very good player. But uh yeah, he's gotta prove it to me. So he's my number three. My number two LaMelo Ball. I think it just the hype surrounding that team. Um or surrounding that family, not not necessarily the team, but surrounding that family, surrounding his name. He's a good player again, but uh, but he's not somebody that changes your franchise. And then my number one, yeah, maybe I'm a little biased, but I think nobody's more overrated than Steph Curry. <laughs> We've just been force fed Steph Curry for the last ten years. And how did how did Golden State do when Clay Thompson sat out those two years? They were one of the worst teams in the league. And I know Steph missed some games too, but what has he won without Thompson? You know, they were a dynasty, obviously, when they get Kevin Durant in there and nobody can beat him. That's clearly unfair. Steph Curry, in my mind, if Steph Curry was on a team like, uh, let's say the Bulls or something like that, or uh, – you know, the Timberwolves or something. I don't think he can rally a bunch of young guys and uh, and have them follow him to championships. It's just – it worked out just great that uh, that he had three or four guys around him that were also all-stars or Olympians, um, and so he could just sit out back and just, just check threes. He's a great shooter. I give him all the credit in the world. One of the best – Maybe, who knows, one day, possibly the best shooter of all time. But one of the best shooters I'll give him right now. And so, I just, you know, what's the difference between Steph Curry and Ray Allen, really? In my mind, Ray Allen and Steph Curry are pretty similar. Um, but Steph Curry has all the hype in the world behind him. So, people get fooled into thinking he's a top five player of all time because of the hype. Now, Brian, I want you to uh, sit down and relax for this one. 
Justin actually agreed with you about Steph Curry. Okay, nice. So I just I wanted to, I wanted to find the Justin fail to bring it up on the uh, the screen. <laughs> I have the Justin fail, but it's in a different file right now. So I have to get that back. All right, Bri, we are here at the end of our show, and I agree with you about Steph. I think he'd probably be one of the greatest shooters we've ever seen. Sure. And I'll give him that. Other than but so that, is Ray Allen, you know, I, so I, is uh, Steve Kerr. So, I mean, but they're not talking. And I understand he changed his game um, because he just jacks three after three after three after three. But, I mean, in all reality, how much how much better is Steph Curry than Klay Thompson? Klay Thompson plays a lot better defense than Steph Curry does. That's true. Steph Curry gets all the hype, and they shoot pretty pretty similar in their uh, in their averages from behind the arc. But Curry's hitting shots from the hallway in warmups, and they got to show all that. Yeah, give me a break. You're just jealous because you can't do it. Oh, I, I believe me. If I could do it, I'd do the same thing. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, of course I'm jealous. He makes. $50 million a year. Who wouldn't be jealous of that? And everyone thinks he's great. And everyone thinks he's an all-time great. And I think he's a really good shooter. One of the best shooters ever. But that's where it ends for me. <laughs> All right. Jose chimed in with uh, Prairie is overrated and LeBron is overrated. All right. I think by Prairie, he meant Michael Jordan. And then, so, yeah, He finally agrees with us. Michael Jordan's overrated. Thank mm-hmm. you, Jose. And he said that uh, Justin said I would take a hick from French Lick before Steph. I'm not going to lie. I would, too. Larry Bird was something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Brian. Give me that trivia. Let's close out our show so you go. Eat okay, here we go. Yep. You going to play the sounder? You want me to go for it? Go for it. We're ending it. All right. Patrick Mahomes won two MVPs in his first six years. Can you name me one of three other guys to do that? All right. First off, Tom Brady. Not Tom Brady. Strike one. Strike one. Super Bowl MVPs, right? Nope. MVPs of the league. MVPs of the league. Dan Marino? Not Dan Marino. Strike two. Hmm. Uh, I'll let you know. Two of these guys are in our lifetime. So that helps it all. Your lifetime. A. Aaron Rodgers. Not a Aaron. That is strike number three. One of them's a Cleveland Brown too. No. No. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. <laughs> no. The one that did not happen in our lifetime is a Cleveland Brown. Get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. All right, give them to me. Uh, Jim Brown will be your Cleveland Brown. He won it twice in his first six years. Also, Brett Favre uh, and Kurt, Favre. Kurt Warner, believe it or not. Kurt Warner was 48 when he came into the league to begin with. First six years. That's all That's all I said. It, the fucking greatest show on turf did it. Too. Well, here, here's a uh, – I was thinking, here's another – so Jim Brown won it a couple times. I think I don't know if he won it more than two, but he won at least two. Who was the last Cleveland Brown to win the MVP? Brian Sipe. There you go. Yep. 
Yes. Good one. See? A little redemption for you. 1980? Yep. Cardiac kids. Guess what? We both weren't born yet. No? 81 were you born? 81, I was born. Dang. Shoot. I was named after an MVP at least. And then I was a Boomer fan. Oh, boy. I thought your dad liked the Steelers. He did, but I like Boomer Sison because he was left-handed. Oh, right. Shudder. Hey, you know what the bad thing is? Is My mom dug back the pictures and found me in a Boomer Sison Bengals jersey. Burn it. Burn it. I will. I will in due time. I want to thank everybody for watching our show tonight. Eric, Justin, James, Craig, Justin again. God, I'm forgetting names now. Jose. Uh, Jose, Mom. Chris. Shaq. James. Toby. Toby. All right, those are on here. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Uh, we support our troops, first responders, as always. Love them. Thank them for everything they do. Uh, go check out City Dogs of Cleveland and our Dog of the Week. Go scroll back to our first trivia for that one. I um, want to thank Harold Keel and Lake Erie APA for supporting us through everything. We're getting ready to do some live matches here soon for the Lake Erie APA, so please stay tuned. And, Bri, we're here at the end of the show, bud. Great show. God bless them. God bless you. God bless America. All right. I am that fat guy. We are definitely uncorked, unloaded. We are out. Thank you guys so much for watching. See you.